0: welcome chelsea fans to your home for all the talk and news about the champions of england i'm brian and joining me will be my co-host andres get ready this is the star spangled blues podcast Everybody. Welcome back to the Star Spangled Blues Podcast. Joining me today is Andres. Andres, how you feeling?
1: Well, Brian, we're uh, taking a lot of water right now during Hurricane Harvey here in the Houston area, but uh, <laughs> uh, staying afloat, trying to stay dry. And so far, the family and myself have been uh, pretty lucky.
0: Yeah, uh, we're, we're not without Jad today, our other co-host, because he uh, he's feeling the effects of Hurricane Harvey. He doesn't have any power right now, so... Hopefully that gets resolved soon and we'll have him on the podcast. But a uh, big day for Chelsea this morning. I know uh, we had to get up early over here. Uh, it was good to be back um, at Haymaker with the uh, with the Austin Blues. Shout out to those guys. Those, are, those guys are all awesome. Um, but yeah, it was a great morning. What did you think of the game overall this morning?
1: I couldn't have asked for a better game. It's, it just seems that Everton is always a good pick-me-up when it comes to Chelsea. So, <laughs> great game today.
0: Yeah, no, it was uh, it was definitely a lot of fun to uh, to watch us put on a clinical performance and really the most comfortable that I've ever been as, uh, watching a Chelsea match in a long time. I mean, there was never any points where I felt like you know we weren't gonna you know we were gonna let it fall through the cracks or anything like that. I felt really comfortable from the get go.
1: Yeah, this game could have easily been four five zero. It looks like the guys just took their foot off the pedal in the second half, but like you said, little to no complaints in this game.
0: Yeah, so uh, I mean, a few things happen early on in the week. Uh, you know, everybody's kind of still looking for all those signings to come, and and nothing has really come to fruition yet. I know oxlade Chamberlain's looking more likely from Arsenal, and I'm uh, as of uh, their result today. I'm sure he's uh, eager to get out of there. Um, Virgil Van Dyke, uh, some reports of him in London, maybe watching Chelsea. I don't know, uh, but this could be a big week for us upcoming. I know the transfer window closes. Uh, this week, so we should have some interesting things uh, coming about later uh, later on.
1: Yeah, this uh, Thursday, so we've got about four days to do business. It, it really does look like Oxley chamberlains on his way out, especially after that beatdown Arsenal had today against Liverpool 4-0. They just looked bad. It was a bad game for them, but uh, on the Van Dyke end, there was pictures of him in a box seat watching the game against Tottenham. He, as we know, he hasn't been practicing with the team, so his future is about to be settled. Whether it's our way or whether it's with another team, uh, Van Dyke is most likely leaving Southampton.
0: Yeah, another big development this week: uh, Hazard coming back. You know, he broke his ankle. Uh, was it? Was it a broken ankle? That's what it was.
1: Yeah, during uh, international. Bro- it was Belgium, Belgium, Belgium of training. Belgium. Yeah.
0: Yep, so break his ankle, uh, international training, and for the first time we see him out on the pitch. It wasn't with the first team, but uh, he played 75 minutes with the uh, under-23 squad, and it looks like he'll be ready for the Leicester match.
1: Uh, Yeah, Hazard uh, started the game against Everton's U23 side, who I believe won the league for the U23 side last time, and he was back to his normal self, juking people, faking left, taking right uh he looked fleet-footed. It was it was a good performance for Hazard. It was it was good to see him back out there and for him to play 75 minutes. I know it's not EPL level, but 75 minutes on his first game with now a week and a half to practice and rest is good news for Chelsea.
0: Now, another thing that uh came out earlier this week is that Bakayoko actually asked Conte to allow him to play versus Tottenham. Uh something that, you know, it's it's kind of up in the air as to whether that's really a good idea to ask your coach uh something like that because the medical staff said he was 80 percent fit at best uh, you know it's it's just interesting that he would ask I mean of course the guy's hungry he wants to play and he looked decent out there so I didn't have any qualms with it or anything like that I thought you know if he had told me he was 80 percent I would have told him to go out there uh but I thought that was interesting I think that if
1: any Chelsea fan wasn't excited about what Bakayoko could bring to Chelsea, him as a person coming out and saying that he will play through the pain against one of Chelsea's, if not their biggest rival, it shows a lot. I think he's won the fans over. Like you said, it wasn't a perfect performance, but it wasn't a bad one either. Uh, He should be good to go again after the international break to see him at 100%. So I think the what he did was amazing yes he could have risked an injury and that could have uh, hurt us long term but at the same time i think it shows a lot of heart that a player just joining a team already cares about big games like this one
0: yeah it's it's good to see heart from a team that uh that just won a championship that they're not taking the foot off the pedal and uh, they're getting back to it so Uh, I think that's really good and I like what I saw from Bakayoko in the Tottenham game as well as the minutes that he put in today uh, in the match versus Everton Uh, another guy that we got back today was Cesc Fabregas comes back from the soft red card suspension Uh, questionable I think uh, against Burnley Uh, but you know we're wondering if we're going back to the starting lineup Uh, last week you saw guys like Christensen uh, coming in to play in that back three David Luiz playing a little bit further forward um, it was interesting last week, but uh, you know, Conte pulled out the, uh, the tactics book, and you know, it may not have been the most exciting game, but last week got it done, so you thought maybe you'd go back to that 3-4-3 three, three the, 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 uh, this week.
1: Yeah, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. <laughs> I know we had a, a, st- a tough start to the season, but Fabregas right now is still more comfortable with the system than Bakayoko, and honestly, it worked perfectly. I think Fabregas was a general in the midfield, and every play or any like offensive opportunity that Chelsea began went through uh, Fabregas. So it was, it was good to have him back and definitely missed his creativity against Tottenham last week.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, there was no real surprises when the team sheet came out this morning. You're going back to that 3-4-3. I I think the only question mark that could have really come from it is whether Rudiger or Christensen was going to play. Conte said midweek that, you know, if the youth players showed promise that he had no problem putting them in the squad. But when the team sheet came out, you had uh, Antonio Rudiger uh, in that back three. And I know you were a little bit upset about it.
1: Yeah, I just thought this was a good chance for Chelsea and Conte to make a huge statement in terms of youth. I thought Christensen was one of our best players in the previous two games. I thought he earned a spot in the starting 11. And like I said, putting finally giving the youth a chance, something that Chelsea fans and uh, even the academy have been wanting for so long would have been perfect. You know, Christensen was, has been on the team since he was a teenager, and it could have been a good move. I still think that he will play a big part in this season. I just thought early on showing that confidence in him could have been, like, huge. But then again, Rudiger had a great game today, so Conte knows what he's doing.
0: Yeah, I don't think you could have gone wrong with either of those two guys in that back three. And, and something that I was reading was, was you know, Rudiger's more uh, adapt to that left. I know at uh, Mönchengladbach, uh, Christensen played on that left side, but he's more of the... Uh, the runner-up to when David Luiz leaves, I think, in that central role.
1: Definitely, definitely. And that's what he plays for Denmark. And actually, most of the time at Motion Gladbach, he played in that center back. Maybe that's why he felt so comfortable there against Harry Kane and Tottenham. But uh, David Luis has that spot to himself. Like you said, I, I don't see him being uh, benched for Christensen anytime soon. But it's good to know that the kid can play in the middle and in the sides. So his versatility will definitely come in handy while Rudiger played in that left center back slot all through the summer and so obviously he's more adapt to it uh, whether Germany runs the same style 3-4-3 three, three as us really doesn't matter for that back three uh, he was he was great today
0: yeah uh and going back to that first half I think uh you know coming straight out of the gates Chelsea dominated uh, they were getting runs forward Uh, everton really looked asleep and i mean you could attribute it to the monday game at city and then the midweek game and was it uh their europa league i believe Mm -hmm. uh yeah and and they just looked lost a little bit uh chelsea was getting forward good passes on the ball uh everything was was going well and then you have the murata sesk link up play uh which was really quick thinking by murata i i mean you have that uh they were trying to do the give and go and and Morata's ball got flicked up, and he has the uh, notion to go ahead and still head it in Cesc's direction and Ses uh, slots at home.
1: Yeah, like you said, from the very beginning, it was all Chelsea. I think this is one of those games where Cesc can perform at his best. Uh, Morgan Schneiderlin had picked up a soft red against City as well, so he was unavailable to play in the center of the field. So you lose that big physical presence mm-hmm. And replace it with, I believe, a 19-year-old and Davies. So Fabregas, you know, he's his IQ, football IQ is so much higher than most of those people on the pitch that I, I'm. I'm not surprised he had such ease toying with the midfield and the defenders for Everton. And, and that play you were talking about, we knew Morata was more technically gifted than Costa, but that that's exactly what you what you wish for. Like you said, he had. Half a second to react to the fact that he accidentally popped the ball up and placed it perfectly for Fàbregas, who, again, football IQ puts it far post on his first touch. Amazing goal.
0: Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to watch, and every time you went and looked back at it, uh, you thought, "Oh my gosh, that was a, a, a lot better than it originally looked um, on screen." And it was it was just a tactical not maybe not tactical uh we were playing well and it was just kind of really really they were cruising um the entire first half uh we had 86 percent pass success in the entire game i mean everything was seemed to be getting to its target uh, with the exception uh we had 18 total shots so there was a lot um a lot going well and then all of a sudden uh you have this great goal uh from murata on that beautiful cross by azpilicueta
1: yeah, so I, I remember talking about this in our preseason review where I said Morata's just lethal in the in the box, whether it's with his with his head or with his foot. The guy makes amazing runs. We saw it against Burnley and against Tottenham he didn't get the chance to he well, he did get the chance, he just missed it. But we've seen it week in and week out from him so far in, in a Chelsea uniform and, and this is where, where maybe Chelsea will have a little more flexibility in tactics. Uh, a lot more crosses can come in early and Morata seems to be at the end of those crosses most of the time. So, uh, like you said, Aspilicueta from the right, he's made that early cross part of his uh, bag of tricks and it goes straight to Morata who who beats, um, I believe it was Michael Keane for the header and, and slots it back post, which it looks like he learned from his mistake and taught him instead of adding power, he just redirected it where the ball needed to be.
0: Yeah, I think uh, everybody's seen that iconic picture now of uh, Michael Keane uh, asking the assistant referee for offsides while uh, Morata's heading at home. Um, but, I mean, I think you touched on it. Morata's just shown early on, I think he's got two assists and two goals, and all four of those are he's done with his head. Um, you know, the two assists, the one David Luiz, and then today with Cesc, and then the two goals uh, were via header he's already got more headers than Diego Costa did last season, um, which, you know, we all knew that Diego wasn't uh, as agile, maybe in the air. He was very good with his feet. Um, But, you know, I think there begs the question, is Murata going to get those goals that Diego had last season?
1: And uh, I think this is where we need to know, and then just kind of What's the word I'm looking for? I guess just realize that they're two different players. Uh, Costa's just a bully. He, he puts his head down, he gets through people, and he takes a shot. While Morata's more of, like we said, technique. Gets the touches, passes the ball around, distributes when he has to. So I expect maybe the goal count not to be directly uh, even with Morata, but I expect the goals that he was involved in, aka goals and assists, to be on par with Diego. And, and hopefully better. I mean, we're three se- three games into the season, and it looks like the team's just starting to mesh like they should. So let's hope for the best on that one.
0: Yeah, and, and speaking of, of the team meshing, I mean, the defense was just absolutely uh, solid in the first half. I mean, we touched on it uh, a little bit earlier, but... You know, with with Rudiger coming in, having having that back three and taking that spot from Cahill, which I you know I am a believer after seeing Christensen and Rudiger play, that uh, Cahill may not see the field for a while. Uh, you know, that's not my decision, obviously, but I think you know if it, like you said, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, I just don't see why you would switch up that back three right now uh, when Cahill comes back in a few games.
1: Yeah, I mean with Burnley. Cahill was not on the field for the goal, but we can argue that because of his red card, the goals came. During the community shield, I thought he had a decent game, but at the end of that one, it was a loss regardless. So, you know, he steps out of the lineup, and sure enough, Chelsea keeps Tottenham at bay. Um, All the goals were Chelsea's goals anyway in that game, with Mishi's own goal. So Kane, Erickson, and... Ali didn't score on Chelsea, and then you go to Everton with Rooney and Sandro, and Rooney looks like he's revitalized. They didn't do anything; they had one shot on target, I believe, in the fir- in the whole game. So, uh, it's it kind of just why change it up again? It, it's working. I, I don't see, I don't see the reason to. I know he's the captain, but Terry was the captain last season, and he played, I don't know, four games. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah. And, and I think that's just one of those things that we'll have to see what Conte does because, you know, he's done, he's made all the right moves thus far. Um, so I, I don't see any reason why he would, uh, he, you wouldn't trust him on something like that. And I think one of the other, one of the other guys that had a good day today, at least in the first half, um, was Willian. But for me, You know, he's he's on the ball. He's doing a lot of good things. He's getting passes out for me. I think his vision uh, is is just a little down from where it was a couple years ago, Uh, a couple years ago in that title run. I mean, he was he was just absolutely world class for me. And then now he's still got some some times where you kind of shake your head and you go, you know, why isn't he looking up or why is he missing that? And then there was a time today in the first half, I believe, where he was trying to free Pedro on a run and he just, you know, it just was a bad ball. And, and sometimes he has those little lapses in judgment that I think are holding him back from being where he was a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah. That, that's something we've, we've been mentioning this season is that something's up with Willie. And I don't know if it's the fact that he lost his out, not out and right starting spot to Pedro last season. And maybe that's messing with his head. But there's times where he can look like he took one too many touch before making that crucial pass. But then again, he can respond with moments of brilliance. So William maybe just needs to figure out what his role truly is in this in, on the pitch whenever he's playing, depending on the formation, whether it's a three four three or three five2. But he needs to kind of just maybe do less sometimes. I think the maybe the Joga Bonito Brazil, soccer style in his blood kind of kicks in sometimes and he forgets that his teammates have the quality to give him a wall pass or to send him through instead of trying to do it himself. I think he had a great game today. I think Fabregas linked up with him which was something that didn't happen in the Burnley game which was at Williams' demise so again I think Chelsea's only getting better and, and even Williams getting better.
0: Yeah, uh, in the second half um, I think it was, it was a very businesslike. like finish from Chelsea Uh, we knew we had the two goals Um, we knew Everton weren't doing much going forward we could have knocked him out uh, and I think Conte mentioned that in his post-game press conference that we could have been maybe a little bit more clinical and finished some chances just to put it out of reach early because you know one lapse in judgment leads to a goal now all of a sudden it's 2-1 and Everton's right back in it but the defense was fantastic again you mentioned the zero zero um, shots on target for Everton Uh, Courtois only had to make one kind of save and it was just deflecting a ball over the bar and and that's really all he had to do um and uh i believe pedro had a chance that was close um and you saw moses coming to life a little bit because for me he was a little i i barely even noticed him in the first half but the second half again very business-like from chelsea
1: yeah, like you said, uh, the defense was amazing. Courtois, that was more of a security save. I think he just wanted to just to make sure that ball wasn't coming back down because I, I don't think they credited Gaia's shot as a as a shot on target on that one. Um, great reaction on his part, though, because that was a, a rocket off Gaia's foot. Uh, Pedro came close, couldn't put it. He was, I think it skid, off, skid the post on the outside. I think he knows he should have put that one in. Mishi had a couple of uh, of minutes where you know he had a couple chances got blocked etc and then like you said Moses was quote unquote missing in the first half but that's not a bad thing I think Chelsea took an opportunity of what Everton gave them on the left side and even on the right whenever he was there he was the one that passed it back to Cueta for that assist so while he didn't have those spark moments like he did in the second half where he was dribbling into the box just taking people on and in dangerous areas he he had a solid game so uh don't want people to think that it was all hate on Moses I just think his second half was particularly better than the first
0: yeah I think with uh when it comes to Moses today it was one of those cases of if you're not mentioning his name sometimes it's a good thing because he's not doing anything wrong uh, I think that's really just what it boiled down to today. I think he, you know, he didn't have a standout performance, but he didn't, you know, do anything to make anybody say that he had a, a bad game. So I think the, the whole team was really solid today. Um, and, and later, late on uh, in the game, you did see the sub, Michi come on uh, for Murata. And, you know, I'm curious be, to, to hear what you think, because, you know, Michi's getting these minutes late game now that Murata's established himself as the starter up front, and and for me, he's just looking a little too. He's I mean, he's pressing too much. I think he's just trying to to put balls in the back of the net, hoping that his confidence will boost. And he's being selfish with the ball. There were a couple times. I know you mentioned he had some some good looks, but there were a couple times where he had a pass that could have easily resulted in maybe a third or even a fourth goal at that point. Uh, where it just looked like he was just trying to do it all himself.
1: Yeah, I think he's a little too much into his head right now. Uh, you can't blame the guy for the own goal last week. It wasn't something like you mentioned it. Alder was right behind him, so a goal was coming in that play. But I think because he's young, he's getting too much into his head. I think he needs to just stick to his instinct. The guy can finish. It's in, it's in him. We saw it happen multiple times last season. Our league-winning goal came from an instinct shot so I think he when he has the ball at his feet and he has time to think is when he messes up as, as weird as that sounds I think off the ball he'll make the right run and if he's sent through usually one or two touches later he puts a good shot on target if, if not behind in the net so I think right now the, maybe he's trying to do too much kind of like what I spoke about in terms with William. But I think he'll be okay, and, and we'll talk about rotation a little bit later. But I think Mishiza is going to get his footing and, and figure things out.
0: Yeah, uh, I think definitely because you're going to have to rotate some guys, like you said. We'll talk about that in a minute uh, with, with everything that's going to be going on as far as competitions. Uh, some of the standouts today, obviously the Spaniards. Um, you had the first goal link up was Murata and Fabregas, and then the second goal Uh, Aspilaqueta and Morata linking up uh, you like to hear your new signing mentioned in both of those Um, like uh, we were talking about he had two shots uh, a goal and an assist Um, I just think he looked fantastic today I think you know I'd I'd love to see him score with his feet just so we know he can still do it because he's doing everything with his head Um, but uh, I, I think he had a great game today
1: Yeah, I think one thing to take note that's not on the stat sheet is that he was a lot better on the ball just holding possession. I I know against Tottenham sometimes he held the ball one, two, maybe three touches too long, and this time around it it seemed like he knew what to do, where to put the ball, who to look for, and it it made his part in the possession aspect of the game a lot smoother. Uh, Another thing that's obvious that we can talk about is the fact that he may be I don't want to jinx it I really don't but at least he's not a Torres I'm not going to speak about his his kit number yet but the fact that the guy has come in and he's he's been crucial to the victories uh he's the first ever player to score two goals and and assist two goals in his first two home games in the Premier League so he's obviously doing something right
0: yeah uh it was it was definitely good to see him out there and and anytime you have a signing come in and you know we're not talking about him right now because we're talking about Murata. But Rudiger, another new signing coming in and playing really really well uh, in the first part of the season, is something you like to see uh, as a fan. Um, another guy that came back today, not new to the team, but came back to the squad after missing a game was Fabregas, uh, who was our one of our other standouts. He was fantastic. Um, again, he got the goal, which was really really. I, I, It was really, really business-like for me. He knew he didn't need to put too much power. He just needed to finesse it uh, into the the far post. And uh, two of two shots on target. Um, He had 84% pass completion. Uh, His long balls were something that I think we missed last week. We didn't have a whole lot going forward. And you could definitely see that he made a big impact today. For me, he's the man of the match.
1: Yeah, Fabregas was... He was the man. And any chance Chelsea wanted to start attacking it was going through him Conte was looking for him the center backs were looking for him if the wing backs wanted back it was going first to Fabregas he was quote unquote the point guard of the team today and and he just he was just the general he knew where he was sending people through he knew where he wanted the ball to go And, and like you said that finish was just so calm and collected the guy is hitting it with the outside of his right foot far post off a reaction pass it Fàbregas had a an amazing game today. It was, it, and he also just looked so energized. I know against Burnley, I, I complained a lot about the fact that he wasn't joining the attack, and like I mentioned, it was to the demise of William and Morata, or I guess in that case it was Mishi. So today he was actually present all through the pitch, whether it was in the final third, in the in our own third. It was just it was a great performance by Fàbregas.
0: Yeah, and we're gonna talk about uh, another Spanish player here. They seem to be the ones that were standing out today. Uh, Alonso had a great game, not on the score sheet, didn't get an assist, but uh, he did have a lot of uh, a lot of good run of plays um, up uh, in the in the la- in the final third. Ninety uh, percent pass success. He had four crosses. Uh, three really accurate long balls. And, um, you know, once again, Hero last week and he shows up again. Um, you love to see Alonzo doing well in that uh, wing back spot.
1: Yeah, his confidence is obviously growing after two great performances to start the season. I, I, I think, again, one of those things where it was a quiet performance, but it was a good performance. He was putting the ball into a dangerous area, like we've mentioned throughout. More goals should have come from those crosses today. Uh, he's taking players on, he's aggressive on the tackles. I think he's he's truly finding himself, people always say that players struggle to adapt to the Premier League. He obviously had a great first campaign and, and here we are year two and, and he just looks at home and we hope uh, he continues that sort of performance because with the transfers and stuff people were begging for Alexandro which I know he's world class. But we, we can't forget that Alonso is not a bad option. To start on our left wing, wing back.
0: Yeah, um, another guy that uh, was a standout today uh, was Aspilaqueta. He had the assist on my captain goal. Yeah, I know. If if you have, if this is your first episode, um, Andres is just about the biggest Aspilaqueta fan out there. Um, he loves the guy, and and you can't blame him. I mean, the guy is just uh, a blue through and through. He does great stuff. Um, and, you know, he had a great game today. Uh, there was a couple times where he makes a couple mistakes that lead to a counterattack, but in the end, he's the first guy running back to uh, to break it up. But he had uh, 82% pass success, again, had the assist on the Murata goal. And uh, he's getting forward. He's got a few crosses that he threw in there. So what did you think of Azpilicueta today?
1: Yeah, like you said, he, was, uh, he had a few shaky moments, uh, not to the level of Cahill last season against Swansea when they went directly into goals but you know they can become goals and that's I think what the issue is obviously he'll go back to the video room and and fix that but it's getting so familiar to see him creep up on the attack and put the ball in from the right side curling it early to the middle of the box and it's just these balls are, are so pretty and they're gonna be going in. it's good to have Murata there. Other players when Bakayoko's back, the man is huge. I'm sure he'll get at the end of some of those. That that pass is just is so needed sometimes to catch the defense off guard and, and he's putting them spot on. So his assist was something something of beauty today.
0: Yeah, and one guy that I'm gonna throw on there that we don't have listed on our notes, uh, is, is Ngolo Conte. Uh, we didn't mention him last week. He had a he had a great game against Tottenham, he was dominating that midfield. Uh but today again, in my opinion, he's gotten better since last season. I, I don't know if, if you agree with that, but I think, you know, he's just one of those guys where you can throw him out in the midfield and anytime we get dispossessed in he's the first guy tracking back uh, and, and winning the ball back. I think Conte is just a dark horse and a big reason we won the league last year, and I think he's only gotten better.
1: Yeah, he's one of those guys that sadly, because of the role he plays on a team, he's never going to light up the stat sheet, and and that's something that people need to remember is that his job is to just cancel out and destroy any sort of offense on Everton's end, and, and like you said, the guy is everywhere. It feels like there's three center-mids running around when it's just Conte just... What people say is that he's a little energizer bunny. The guy doesn't get tired. He covers ground. He's he's on people's backs as soon as they receive the ball. Last week against Tottenham, he was in a freer role, and he, he was, you know, joining the attack, making key passes. Today, again, it's just there's so much you can say about Conte, and, and maybe that's why we don't mention him is because we've, we've grown comfortable to know that he's there and that he's going to get this, his job done and he's going to, you know... Put in the hard tackles, earn possession for Chelsea, and and start those counterattacks. It, it, he's he's so good, man. Like it, it's hard not to just admire the fact that the guy runs ninety minutes week in week out, and it doesn't look like he's losing any energy.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to uh, you could talk about from today's game. Um, you know, and and there's a lot to look forward to. I know Hazard's returning. Uh, a lot of people were pretty um, skeptical about the, the team at the beginning of the season. Uh, but when you, when you really look back at the last three matches, six points out of nine, um, you know, with the exception of about 20 minutes of just you know, whatever happened against Burnley happened, you know, with the exception of those 20 minutes, the team has looked really, really good. Um, you know, going to Wembley, getting three points from Tottenham... Uh, you know, it's it's just, uh, I don't think there's a lot to to hang your head on right now. I think they're, the team looks good, and uh, there's a lot going forward with Hazard still returning. Um, maybe some signings this week that could uh, propel the team going forward.
1: Yeah, like you said, I, I think it's one of those things where if... Chelsea weren't Chelsea and it was a Manchester club the media would be saying just what you said you know bar those 20 minutes this is the best team in England the strongest performances I I understand that United has put in more goals in and and they've held I think they've had two back back back-to-back clean sheets but Chelsea are the champions of England and they're showing it Uh, I think these last two games have been great like you said Players are coming. Conte mentioned it again this week. He said it's virtually impossible to play all these competitions with 11-13 players. So I think the signings will finally come, and they need to because there's only four days left in the in the transfer window. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have to monitor that situation like Chelsea loves to do and hope that uh, some signings come in. I know Oxley-Chamberlain seems to be – Almost a done deal. I know uh, Barkley seems to be another one, especially today after playing Everton, that there might have been conversations after the game. Van Dijk was in London last week. There's this possibility out there to get squad players. I think a healthy Chelsea is still one of the best teams out there.
0: Yeah, it's going to be uh, great going forward. Obviously, the international break next week. Um, I don't know what we're going to do about that. We'll, we'll uh, probably, we'll,
1: we'll open up a, I'm, I'm hoping we just do an episode. We'll get some questions online or maybe we'll set up some points of debate because who doesn't want to talk Chelsea every
0: week? <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll figure something out. We'll uh, post it on Twitter and uh, we'll see what you guys want to hear. Um, but yeah, so next week, be on the lookout for that episode. Uh, following week, away at Leicester. So that's going to be, uh, a, you know, they, Leicester's look pretty decent. I, I, I don't want to say they're back to their, their title form, but they, they look decent. So I think that could be an interesting match.
1: Maybe it'll be a, a weird welcome for a former Leicester player if Chelsea decides to pull the trigger and get either... The rumors are drink water, Vardy or Mares. Um, it'd be interesting to see what's going to happen in these next four days. I really Conte finally sounds like he's he truly believes that the moves are coming. Maybe a few Leicester players, maybe not. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be nice to see a bench that, as awful as that sounds, that doesn't include two three academy players every single week. I think uh, we need that. That's kind of quality to be there if changes are needed or if somebody gets hurt etc Kyle Scott and Tomori might not be quite ready to face uh an aggressive Leicester or a Manchester City so
0: all right well I think that's going to do it for us this week as always you can send your questions to us on Twitter we're at ssbluespod don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud Uh, we'll keep you updated and we'll talk to you guys next time